It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. also going to join us and uh, they're going to put us up on uh, everything they got going on here over at Purdue Sports this week. Uh, things that you can attend, things you need to put on your radar like Basketball Fan Day coming up and everything too. Uh, we're going to talk uh, with them. And speaking of basketball today, Media Day uh, for both uh, men's and women's basketball up there in Minneapolis. Uh, Coach Painter uh, and uh, Coach uh, Gerald's both spoke uh, earlier this morning and uh, it Seemingly went uh, pretty well. Uh, I like that they have merged these, that it's both the men and the women. I think that benefits everybody, quite frankly. Uh, breaking it up into two seems tiresome for some uh, journalists. And at the same time, I think uh, you're getting more exposures to the women's program. Uh, but from what I'm hearing, it doesn't sound like the turnout media-wise was as good as it normally is in places like Chicago and Indy, it's up in Minneapolis this year. They kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, why are we doing it in Minneapolis? I mean, Chicago makes the most sense, doesn't it? I don't know. It is what it is. Coach Painter going viral today because this is how he opened up the press conference. Clearly a listener of this show. Um, like everybody else, we had a fabulous summer and we're excited for the season. So I know you guys couldn't write your articles without opening statement. Um, does anybody ever have a bad summer? Like, someone has to have a bad summer, right? Somebody has to have some things not go their way. So I'd, I've always wanted to do that, come up here and say, you know, we really had a really bad summer and things just haven't been clicking, but we think we're going to be really good this year. So. Shots fired here. Uh He's right. I've said it before. Everybody gets up there and they they give you the same game. They go, oh, we like where our team's at. Oh, we're excited about our team. And, you know, it's it's nothing but sunshine and lollipops all the time when you know with a lot of these places. I mean, come on. You know there's issues. You know it's not going that well. But uh, it was nice to see him open up, be a little bit lighthearted. Uh, uh, some of the things he touched on, he seems to really like Waddell. Um also acknowledged that he does have a uh, another seven footer. I think he's leaned into uh, the the whole the meme, the joke that uh, Purdue scours the earth for uh, seven footers to uh, play every year. Uh, he gets it. That's cool. I, I like a self aware coach. Listen, anytime you listen to Matt Painter talk, uh, you, you get smarter. You you feel a real honesty, a real genuineness uh, come across when he talks about the game of basketball. He seems to be well-loved amongst his peers uh, in coaching. Um, I mean, people just speak glowingly of him, of how he handles things, how he handles the program. It's run cleanly. He really doesn't sugarcoat things for not just the kids, but for you as well. 
And he didn't sugarcoat things when uh, he, he talked about last year's team and the high expectations that they had in coming up short. It was, a, it was a tough year for us last year because we thought we had a team um, that could do more damage than it did. And, um, you know, as a coach, you know, you take sole responsibility, you know, for that. And, um, you know, just trying as a coach to, to, to be better for our program, to be better for our team. Um, I thought we should have won our league. I thought we should have won our tournament. I thought we should have gotten to a Final Four, and we didn't. Any of those three things. And our talent was just a little bit above our production. And I think that's the key for a coach to be able to get his team more productive than his talent. And I think we've had a lot of success with that. I think Coach Katie was marvelous at that um, with his team and the program at Purdue for 25 years. And we've really tried to take that blueprint. And last year, I just didn't feel like, even though we won 29 games and went to a Sweet 16, um, we didn't quite get to that point. And I think that from a coaching standpoint, I got to be better for us and be better for our guys. And hopefully we can do that this year. We lost some, you know, some really talented guys, but um, I, I like where we are. I like our pieces. And I think our staff has done a great job in evaluating and getting good players for Purdue. I think we have one of the best front lines in the country. Um, I really like our guard play. Uh, th there you go. I mean, brutally honest with it. Takes the responsibility. Um but uh, some of the things I take away from that, too, likes the pieces. He talks about the evaluation of these guys. Uh, there's a school down south that's worried about how many stars you got. Uh, and, and Matt Painter is more worried about, hey, are you a fit for the program? Um, do, do he, he just doesn't focus uh, on those guys that don't mesh well. He doesn't care about what your you know your star rating is. He wants guys that are going to be Purdue guys, guys that might just fly under the radar with everybody else, and then they can develop. They have those tools they want to develop. The Catchings kid, Kaden Catchings. Uh, you listen to Brian Newbert talk about him, and that's exactly what he is—a kid that's still under the radar because uh, maybe he hasn't been on the right circuits or the right team or in the right summer leagues, and uh, you know. He had mentioned something that if Jaden Ivey would have been like that, uh, that maybe he would have been on more uh, more radars earlier. But they're saying the same thing with the catching skid here, too. Uh, this is what Matt Painter does. I hate to call them diamonds in the rough. I just think they're under-evaluated kids. You think about how many high school players there are in the country. And then you look at these rating services here, and uh, they tell you who's four stars, who's three stars, who's five stars. They're not getting out to see... Three, four hundred different kids. And if they do, who knows if you see them on a good day? So uh, I, I like Matt and, uh, and Coach Painter sitting there telling us uh, about how proud he is of his coaching staff for finding these pizzas. Uh, now, look, the point guard thing is going to be what it is. They swung for the fences uh, during the offseason and they lost out a couple of guys to some. Other deals. Well, they put their eggs in one basket. They lost him out to, what, $800,000 in a car. And while they were doing that, they let some other possible pieces go. They swung big, and that was, you know, they're living with that decision now. Not much you can do about it. You press on.
And we'll see how we'll see how this guard thing works out. We'll see how this uh, point guard thing works out. Meanwhile, on the other side there, uh, Katie Gerald's taking the podium for the second time. Uh, you may remember last year she did this. She only had the job a couple of weeks. I'm very excited about what this women's basketball team can do this year with Coach Gerald's getting a a, a full year, a full cycle to really get settled in because that was the plan. Remember, she was going to be that coach in waiting. She was going to get time to be here, get to know her players, understand things, get a feel for the league, and uh, go from there. But she came on the show a couple of times, told us that this was going to be an exciting team that got up and down the court and that scored. And that's what she delivered last year. Now, give her a, a full year here to let her start recruiting. I'm excited to see where this program can go. To have somebody of her caliber back here in the fold that knows what it's like to be a Purdue Boilermaker. And now you, you take a little bit of that stress off. She gets coaching staff all figured out here, too. Plan of attack during the offseason. I mean, this almost feels like this is this is what she was... Um, I won't say owed or promised, but this was the plan, right? She was going to have all that prep time, and then you took that all away. Now she's finally had it. I almost feel like this should be considered uh, the first season. But this is what Coach Gerald's had to say today at Media Day. You know, I I don't know how much I learned about myself. I learned a lot about my team, um, about what what we needed to do to 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 get where we wanted to go. Um, I think this time last year I had been the head coach for three weeks standing up here. Uh, my knees were shaking. I, my head is barely above water. So now everything feels a little bit more normal, a um, lot less stress right now, but I'm sure that'll, that'll amp up. But it, it's nice to answer questions in the back and really understand who my kids are, what kind of music they like, because this time last year I had no idea who they were. We were still trying to figure each other out. Yeah, that's a tough spot to be in. Now you give her the full season kind of prep, uh, you already hear about the stress that comes down here. It's like, you know, we use that term, uh, the game is slowing down when we talk about quarterbacks. And you feel like you get that sense from Coach Gerald. So that's kind of what's starting to happen there, that uh, it's a little bit more familiar all of a sudden. It, it, things at, at a more natural pace here, and she's not running around trying to do, you know, 50 things at once and, and, and start a program, you know, build a program up here. That's that's tough. That's real tough sledding there. Um uh, I'm excited to see what they're going to be able to do. I, I really don't know what the benchmark should be for Purdue women's basketball this year. That's a great question. Um, I, I have more questions than answers about this team, which I'm sure will get answered rather quickly. I'm definitely going to have to have her on the program again and talk a little bit more about it as we get ready for the season to open up. All right, um, we are going to take a break. When we come back, Coach Terry Peebles is going to join us here from the Harrison Raiders. There's been rumors this game against Richmond might not happen on Friday. We'll talk to him, and uh, we'll see what the, what the deal is with that. And uh, we'll try to learn more about uh, the last week of the regular season here for the Raiders. That's coming up next. You are listening to the Hammerdown Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017. 101- all right, welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Back to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline we go. Coach Terry Peebles of the Harrison Raiders is uh, on with us here. Winners over Logan Sports on uh, Friday, 28 uh, to 13. Coach, congratulations on uh, on that one. Uh, we thought this one could be uh, a, a little tight. We know that Logan Sport was uh, 
uh, a solid squad and uh, another uh, another team standing in the way of making sure that you are the sole beneficiary of that NCC title. Uh, you guys really got it going there, it seems like, in the fourth quarter with the 15 points to uh, propel yourselves to the win. Yeah, it certainly wasn't our best game of the year, um, but we were able to fight. Uh, we, we turned the ball over on our first series. Uh, we stalled out in the red zone three times and settled for two field goals and missed a fourth down opportunity, uh, which which really would have put the game away a lot earlier. But uh, but our kids fought hard. Def- defense kept us in the game, um, and eventually, you know, most of their guys are going both ways. I think they they probably tuckered out a little bit and were were a little banged and bruised. And then the uh, in the fourth quarter, we were able to pull away a little bit. Ben Henderson, a very efficient seven for seven. Everything basically done on the ground for you guys. Uh, yeah, we, we just like you mentioned, kind of wearing them down. Three hundred and ninety-four yards uh, on the ground here. I, I, look, you got to be pleased with the uh, what, what your offense has been doing outside of a, uh, a couple of early mistakes. Um, guys rounded into form, and now here we go this week, senior night, and uh, you guys get Richmond. Now, as I'm talking to you here Tuesday afternoon. There, I, I know there have been some rumors that game might not happen. As of right now, we're still on against Richmond, correct? That is what I understand. Okay, I, I know. I know that we we put out some feelers last week in, ca- in case uh, they weren't going to be able to play to see if we could try and find another game. And I don't. I don't. We didn't have any success with that. So hopefully they'll honor their contract and come over and play. And uh, it, it'll be a great night for our seniors. It'll be a lot of fun. They've they've been a great class. I think they're. 15 and three the last two years. Um, so it'd be nice to be able to honor those kids. Yeah, guys like uh, you said, Ben Henderson. I know Carter McDonald's been doing uh, really great for you. Gorthrop's been solid. Um, just talk about when uh, that senior class came in as freshmen uh, to where they're at now. Talk about some of the changes there and what you've been most impressed by with the senior class. Well, they've worked hard. I mean, we got, we have over 20 of them that have been four year players for us. Um, they've all gotten very big, they've all gotten very strong. Uh, you know, especially the O line and D line guys that we have. Uh, our plan is to start them as many as we can on Friday night. You know, unfortunately, there's only there's only 22 spots on offense and defense. And we have, we have a few more seniors in that, but we're going to get them all in the game early, and uh, you know, let them celebrate the fact that they've had a great career. You know, and out of the you know the 15 and three that they've had the last two years, they've lost to the 6A state runner-up, the 5A state runner-up, and the number one team in the state 3A. So. Uh, again, what, what they've done for the program is uh, is immeasurable, in my opinion. It's a very, very important class. Hopefully that the senior night goes off this Friday night uh, at home, uh, hosting Richmond, and then uh, it'll be a, a, a bye week here. Uh, we, we talked about this in the uh, past, too, how you handle a bye week going into uh, sectionals there. Uh, over time, how, how has your thoughts evolved on that and in kind of what is going to be the plan for you next week with uh, with no game? Do you try to keep it as normal as possible? Do you back off a little bit here? Uh, what have you done in the past? What do you feel like works now? Well, we give them a little time off just to get their bodies right, and it, it depends on kind of where we are in the school calendar. Uh, this particular year, uh, starting this Friday, we're on fall break, so we'll give them Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. Uh, let their bodies heal up a little bit, and then uh, the following week we'll go full pad. Well, full pads for us is shorts, helmets, and the shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. Or, but so we'll go full pads on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then give them the uh, the bye weekend off. And and then on Monday it's normal game week, and we'll try and attack it as is like any other game. 
I'm sure, you know, outside of the obvious, two games into a sectional championship is preferential, but sometimes do you wish you had the three games that you didn't have the bye week, or, or do you actually prefer having the bye week for your players? I think it depends on where you are physically. Uh, you know, we've got Richmond this week. Hopefully nobody nobody gets hurt this weekend. Um, but we've got a backup quarterback that's coming off of a broken leg that, you know, it's going to be good to get him two weeks of reps, you know, just in case he's got to play. Um, I, you know, we've lost a couple other guys that, that are not going to come back for the season. Uh, so it's just kind of hit or miss depending on, you know, who's banged up. I know Ethan Pop, who's, who's played just tremendous all year, and he's kind of one of those spark plugs that he blocks. He does, he does all the little stuff that nobody sees in the stats. Uh, but he's a little dinged up. You know, he's got thigh bruise. So it'll be good to uh, to give him some rest and let him get back to 100%. Uh, so hopefully we're, we're ready to go and uh, compete for a sectional championship in a couple weeks. Coach Terry Peebles, Harrison Raiders. Again, as of right now, uh, scheduled to play Richmond on Friday. As long as uh, the Red Devils be able to make the trip, it'll be uh, senior night. And then they'll get the bye week before they uh, open up sectionals at home against the Plainfield Quakers. Uh, Coach Terry Peebles, buddy, I always love talking football with you. I'm so happy for the Raiders' success this year. I'm very excited uh, for this tournament run for your squad as well. Best of luck on Friday night. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Coach, doing a great job there. Uh, Look, uh, this is a Harrison team that's uh, poised to break through. You like their odds right now in the section? We went through this a little bit yesterday, but... um, when you look at the the stats of such things here, I mean, the just by the Sagarin alone, I mean, they're the clear cut favorites in that sectional to win. And Decatur Central's kind of there because they have, you know, both Decatur Central and Plainfield have um, like top twenty, you know, strength of schedules. Harrison not nearly as as tough, but we've already seen this Harrison team in action against Plainfield looked good. I think this Harrison team has been getting better and better as the weeks go by. And you talk about that senior class there, and and you heard Coach Peebles talk about those seniors. Um, The one thing that has eluded Coach Peebles as well as this class so far has been a, a regional title. For as good as it's been, they have the loss to Dwinger at home in the regional in 2019. And then two early sectional exits to Zionsville uh, the last two seasons. This team seems poised, but it's going to run into trouble here once it gets uh, into the regional. Um, you know, Franklin and Whiteland, uh, both on the south side of Indy, both ranked teams. Whiteland has already uh, handled with little problem. Uh, already handled uh, Franklin. They look pretty darn good. Sitting at seven and one, their one loss to a ranked Martinsville team seems to be, you know, that was a road uh, two score you know, loss. But I mean, look at the sectional opponents they whipped up on here for uh, for Harrison. You know, Decatur Central twenty eight to seven, Plainfield forty five to fourteen. That's a very good team, and, and that's, that's the big one. That'll be the big one standing in the way for the regional. You look at the other side of it, and again, they're in the south here. This is when really the, uh, the southern teams come into play here. 
Bloomington South. Uh, they sit fourth overall, uh, ranked fourth right now, fourth or fifth, depending on what poll you look at. And I think that's the that's probably the clear cut favorite to make it. I mean, everybody else is up at North. You know, you don't have to worry about Twinger. You don't have to worry about Balpo, Mishawaka, um, Snyder, Merrillville. That's the real gift here. So Merrillville, Snyder, that's one, two. You probably play Whiteland in the regional. That's three. Maybe Bloomington South in the semi-state. That's four. Michigan's out, or, or sorry, Mishawaka's out. Fort Wayne North, you don't have to worry about. You know, if Franklin, Whiteland, whatever, if Franklin gets that upset, that's even better. Dwanger, you don't have to worry about. Valpo, you don't have to worry about. That's the top ten. I mean, if not now, then when? That's what we're asking this week with the uh, with the Harrison Raiders. So we'll see. I hope they get that matchup this week with Richmond. Uh, to continue to develop those younger guys, it's always key. You don't want to miss out on a game. Um, not that the starters are going to be playing a ton, but it is senior day. You want to see your seniors be able to get out there and play one more time, and get the starts. So I'll keep my fingers crossed for it. Something changes, we'll let you know with that one. Uh, but uh, we'll keep those fingers crossed for Richmond uh, getting up here on Friday. We'll take our uh, next break here. We'll come back and uh, the kids from uh, Purdue Sports. We got a lot of stuff coming up here on campus, including uh, single game tickets for basketball going on sale next week. And uh, we also have that fan fest coming up for basketball. They'll have details on that and more when we return. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Over the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline we go, and we've got Stephanie, we got Caitlin, we got Scott all over there at Purdue Sports. A busy week for athletics. Guys, always great to uh, catch up with you. Uh, now, there is a lot of stuff going on here this week. I mean, men's and women's golf are, are wrapping stuff up. Uh, I know tennis is in action on Thursday, soccer is on the road on Thursday, volleyball with a big one down in Bloomington on Friday, but Let's start the weekend out here. Football, Saturday night against those jerks. The Nebraska Cornhuskers are going to be in town. It's a night game. And, man, this thing's already sold out, isn't it? Yeah, it's been sold out for a couple of weeks. We're pretty excited about it. But, yeah, you got it right. This uh, Saturday, 730, we take on Nebraska. It's our family day. Um, and it's hammering on cancer. So we have a lot going on around in the stadium. Now, even if you don't have tickets, uh, encourage fans to go on out there because Boilermaker Crossing's got a ton of stuff, and that's free, and you don't need a ticket, right? Right, yeah, we got Boilermaker Crossing. It's free every home weekend. Um, it starts three hours before the kickoff of every game, and we have fun inflatables, games, whatever. We have live music. We have a bunch of stuff for you to kind of enjoy. And like you said, it's free. You do not need a ticket for it. Sunday, volleyball is back at home, taking on the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, tickets for that available at all? No, tickets for that are sold out, so if you want to watch, uh, you'll need to head on to Big Ten Plus in order to watch the match. Yeah, that's because at 2 o'clock on the Big Ten Network, it's uh, soccer down in Bloomington for the uh, Golden Boot. Uh, very happy to uh, be able to uh, get that trophy. We'll keep our fingers crossed uh, for uh, soccer on Sunday. Now, next week's got a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, we got tickets on sale for stuff. What's going on? Yeah, so women's basketball tickets are already on sale, so if you haven't already, go ahead and grab those. But next week, starting on October 17th, we start our men's basketball uh, single game sale. 
So we have a brand new alumni student group this year called Mackie Faithful. So any alumni who were part of the gene pool or paint crew when they were their students here, um, you can join our Mackie Faithful group, a free group to join for all alumni. And what you get is early access to break game tickets. So when our students are away um, over winter break, we're encouraging our Mackie Faithful group to come and support the Boilermakers and be just as loud as they were when they were students. So you get access to a pre-sale um, on the 17th for the three break games. <laughs> a lot of information I'm going to throw out here, so be ready. Okay. Um, and then on the 18th and 19th, we have our John Purdue Club pre-sale. So all of our John Purdue Club members, of course, get early access to single-game tickets, um, like we do for all of our sports. So that's the 18th and the 19th. And then on October 20th, we have our 1020 pre-sale sale. So that's on 1020, October 20th, and we have a different tickets for either $10 or $20, just one day only. Um, so it's a pre-sale sale. Uh, <laughs> it's fun, um, but like I said, all tickets to select games are 10 or $20. And then finally, October 21st, Friday, next Friday, we have all of our single game tickets on sale for the general public. So it's a lot of information, but you can head to ProduceSports.com and check out our men's basketball ticket page, and all that is laid out there for you. Super awesome. And then uh, we do want to put it on the radar next Saturday. Uh, you do have the uh, Basketball Fan Fest going on. Yep, we are Men's and Women's Basketball Fan Day. That's on the 22nd, and that starts at 10 a.m. Um, doors will be opening at 9.30, and we'll have the women's team scrimmage. We'll do an autograph session for both teams, and then the men's team will scrimmage after that. And all that information is also on PurdueSports.com. That is so easy. And then we also remind folks to get that Purdue Gold app, correct? Yep, all the information is also in there. The new Purdue Gold app, um, tickets, information, stats, anything you need to know, anything you need to find out that we just talked about is all on the app as well. Oh, excellent. And then uh, baseball's got uh, a Halloween thing coming up. Yeah, they do. Coming up in a few weeks on October 27th at 6 p.m. We'll be opening the doors to Alexander Field, um, welcoming all of and really anyone, youth, adult, whomever, uh, to come join us for a little Halloween bash. Uh, the team will play a quick couple-inning game in Halloween costumes for some fun, and kids will be able to trick-or-treat post-scrimmage uh, with the team on the field. So that, looking forward to that. That sounds like fun. I'm interested to see what the uh, baseball team is into for, uh, for costumes this year. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not hip to what the kids are into much these days. Maybe it's like, is, is Squid Game still a big thing? I think that's a popular one this year, right? Sure. sure. I, I don't, we I, don't have kids. We don't know. Man, I don't know. I'm just uh, trying to stay hip and stay relevant here, uh, and I'm doing a terrible job at it. Again, PurdueSports.com. Don't forget all those basketball single-game tickets going on sale next week, so uh, you're going to want to get in on that, and uh, still plenty of great athletics to go and then check out this weekend, uh, both uh, on campus and on the Big Ten Network. Guys, boiler up. We'll talk again next Tuesday. Boiler up. Always love having those guys on and uh, let you know. I'm excited about the uh, basketball fan day. That'll be cool. And you get to watch, you know, uh, women's and men's practice. Go get some autographs, things like that. Kids love that kind of stuff. It's good. And uh, that's, uh, what, next Saturday, too. So uh, we'll talk probably a little bit more about that uh, next week. Um, I- I'm Speaking of football, you know, it is sold out. This uh, this Saturday night, seven thirty against Nebraska, Big Ten Network. I'll be honest with you, I am surprised. We were looking at fourteen point spread there for Purdue, and I initially looked at that. I'm like, I'm, I I have to take the fourteen points, right? And look, Nebraska's 
Nebraska's defense is terrible. They allow almost 450 yards per game. But you hear that Charlie Jones is nursing a little bit of an injury here. You know, you lose um, you lose a starter on the offensive line two weeks ago, and then last week you lose his backup. I mean, that's not easy. You are getting Jalen Graham back. That's good. I, I, I'm having trouble here. Normally, I would say, hey, 14 points. I mean, it's not like Nebraska's completely helpless, but I think Purdue wins it, and maybe like by low double digits at home. 14 felt like a lot initially. Now I got to ask myself what I think this team's really going to put up. I mean, they're thinking 30 points. I mean, the over-under's 30 for the first half. I mean, you think this is a 60-point game? I don't know. It's not the read that I have with this. Purdue a seven and a half point favorite in the first half. I don't know. Am I just completely off? Hey, it was perfect last week on uh, Media Mania. But I don't know. It's just not the read that I'm I'm getting. I think Nebraska is a little bit better than uh, what's indicated. I mean. It's a 14-point win at home against IU. They got blown up by Oklahoma. You know, they just made that change. Rutgers, they win because, you know, Rutgers is... They weren't... They're very weak at quarterback, but they got a great defense. They eke out a win. I don't know. I, I got Purdue winning this one, but do I feel like that they can cover the 14? That just seems... I... Maybe I'm just not prepared for that. I mean, where where have they shown you? In, in what game this season do you say, yeah, they're a, they're a 14 point favorite outside of Indiana State? And even FAU, I I know that's Austin Burton, no Aiden O'Connell, missing a lot of dudes. That's only a two point game. Minnesota's a 10 point game. And uh, Maryland, a three-point game. The way that that defense at the end of halves has been, that's really the turning point for me in that. If they weren't giving up these, you know, drives to end the half like they've been doing, I'd say, yeah. Why not? 14 points, but they've proved so unreliable. Look at last week. 68-yard touchdown pass, 14 seconds left in the second quarter. 18-yard touchdown pass, 35 seconds left in the ball game. We're back to doing this. It's frustrating to watch. If they want to take that step, they got to stop with this. End of the Penn State game, two seconds left to go. In the first half, 67-yard touchdown pass. Fourth quarter, Yvonne Lee, 10-yard touchdown catch. Like, it's not a new occurrence for them. And to me, that's where, that's where we're losing. Seven seconds left. Syracuse, fourth quarter, 25-yard 
touchdown pass. Like they've just been so bad, and it's those little things that make me question whether or not they can cover that large amount. You know, they didn't do it against Minnesota. They're capable. They're very capable. But they haven't shown that to me yet. That's why I thought that 13 and a half, 14 number, that seems high for me. Purdue is the better team. I like Purdue. I'm riding with Purdue. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. You, you just can't look at those... Uh, the way they ended quarters at Penn State, the way they ended quarters against Maryland again, the way they ended the game against Syracuse, and and feel comfortable about a double-digit lead. They've got to be better. They just have to be better in that aspect. And Lord knows what's... I have no idea what this Wisconsin game is going to be like. I mean, you want to talk about not having a read. I mean, Leonard came out last week in his debut, and they dominated Northwestern. But it's Northwestern. I expected a little bit more out of them because they've been problematic. Halinski has actually been a pretty darn good quarterback. Everybody else just stinks out loud. Now they're going to go to Michigan State, and they're probably going to do well against Michigan State. Michigan State better than Northwestern. But if Wisconsin goes up there and wins by like 10, 14 points, uh, what do you think of Wisconsin then at that point going into that game next week? Their wins will be Illinois State, New Mexico State, Northwestern, and Michigan State. Good luck trying to predict that thing. Losses to you know Illinois. Lost to Ohio State, lost to Washington State under the previous regime. I mean, I want to think Illinois is good. Not great, but a pretty good team. I mean, they're four and one. DeVito looks all right. They can, Lord knows, they can run the football. Losing at Indiana, I mean, these guys should be five and zero. Oh. Shocking to me. But then again, hey, that's just another week in the Big Ten West. Purdue needs the win. I don't care if it's by one or if it's by 14 in the cover. Purdue needs the win, plain and simple, to stay on top of the West this week. All right, hang tight here. Uh, We're going to take our final break. When we come back, uh, I've got some uh, odds and ends and uh, things that we may have missed. Uh, uh, um, football scheduling the Big Ten that surprised me and Devontae Adams in trouble. We'll talk about it next on SBN app. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I am Jared Jessalitis. Uh, don't forget, uh, we do post the show after the show uh, each and every weekday. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Audible. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, give us a follow there. It's uh, easy. And then you can always uh, catch all the interviews and everything that we had uh, during the show. All right, time for a few things that we may have missed today. Um, I, I couldn't believe this. Uh, Nicole Arbach, 
uh, had tweeted this out. Get this. That Minnesota and Alabama are going to play a home-and-home in football. Bama is going to come up September of 2032. And then they're going to go down there in 2033. I'm surprised by this for a couple of reasons. One, this seems like an unlikely... I mean, this makes all the sense in the world for Alabama to do this. I'm surprised it's not Alabama first. Because I just it's going to be weird to see them go to Minnesota. And something makes me wonder if they won't do this at like um, whatever the stadium is for the uh, Vikings. Like they won't play in something like that. Make this a little bit of a bigger deal. I, I don't know that these guys set foot on campus. But that was kind of shocking to me that that uh, that they worked that deal out. It's just weird when we're scheduling football games ten years in advance too. Can we all be honest about that? Like Lord knows what conferences are going to look like at that point. So whether or not this actually happens, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm surprised Bama didn't insist on the first one being in Tuscaloosa so they could bail on the second one. That seems to be. Uh, and, and Lord knows if Saban's even coaching at that point, but I don't know. Uh, but that was of interest today. Little football news they got in there. Speaking of football news, uh, it's been dominating uh, Twitter here this afternoon. It seems like everybody has an opinion on Devontae Adams after last night's uh, football game uh, where he uh, runs into Hunter Renfro, uh, ball falls incomplete, game's over, and he's storming out and rising in. It's a tunnel. Kind of cameraman sort of gets in front of him there, and Adams shoves him uh, to the ground. Uh, this uh, camera person uh, went and made arrangements to be taken to the hospital, got evaluated, and uh, has filed a police report. Now, if you watch the video, like a lot of people on Twitter have, they're very quick to jump up and say, Come on, man, guy's not hurt at all. This wants the bag. That's the first reaction, that he shouldn't have to have gone to the hospital. The uh, next reaction here is if people feel like he needs to be suspended for this or not. Now, as of right now, he's not suspended. He made an apology, I believe, in the post game, and he's also made one publicly here on the uh, on his social media. It was very emotional. This is not me. I apologize. Heat of the moment. Now, a lot of, look, I think it just depends on where you stand with the Raiders. On whether or not this guy should be suspended or not. I've never thought of Devontae Adams as a dirty kind of player. I've never thought of him as a uh, poor sportsman, takes any kind of cheap shots at any time. Seems to be a solid guy on the field that goes about his business. I understand we all get caught up in the heat of the moment. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he needs to be suspended. I'm also not going to try to make a case for him to be not suspended for something like this. Whatever the league decides, the league decides. Personally, if it is me, if I had to make the decision, I would ask him to go and talk with him, make amends. He clearly seems like he wanted to do that. I think that's what's missing in some of these punishments these days. Deshaun Watson is laughable four-game suspension. You never saw any remorse 
That was one of the worst parts about it. And he continued to maintain you know, innocence despite all the suits that he was out here settling like nothing bad had happened. And we got really upset here. I think we have a player that seems to want to make amends in, in, in that way. I think you should let him. I think one of the things we're really losing out here is, you know, forgiveness for people that are asking for it. Now, maybe that's a societal thing these days. So quick to cancel. You know, the NFL suspends him. The NFL suspends him. I would say, yeah, you know what? You probably deserve it. But I, I think a better course of action would be to let him make the amends here. Seems like an imbalance anyway. For him to shove somebody very wrongly, should not have done that at all. And that is some kind of a game suspension. And meanwhile, you could have 20 plus suits of uh, you know, from massage therapists and you get rewarded with a four game suspension and the largest contract in NFL history. The balance just doesn't seem to be there. Um, Devontae Adams, I, I call the league office. I say, will you please just let me make amends here? Let me talk to him. Maybe make a, I, don't worry about a fine. Let me make like a donation to, uh, you know, do a charitable thing for him. Maybe you pick up a, he's in and out of the hospital real quick, you know, a couple thousand dollars, pick up the bill. Let, let me, let me make amends. I would hope that he asked to do that. I hope the NFL lets him do that. Hopefully his lawyer lets him do it, too. But I think for something like that, this is a great example to be able to let the player make amends here, and, and maybe we don't get so heavy-handed. But if the NFL goes ahead and suspends him, I'm 100% fine with that at the end of the day. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the uh, Hammer Down Show. I uh, want to go ahead and thank Coach Peebles for being on with us. Did a great job, as always. We're back tomorrow with Coach Josh Strasser, and I have tickets for that game against Nebraska. That's tomorrow, back here on the...